Paul loved the saints of old. He was one that battled against them prior to coming to faith in Jesus Christ. And he took notice of those who had been faithfully serving the Lord throughout their lives. And how wonderful it is to see those who remain faithful in their service to Jesus and to others. They are like little anchors of faith upon which others can cling in time of need. But we know that the true anchor is that of Jesus Christ. You're looking too far for that need you have inside. You're on a big merry-go-round and it's taking you for a ride. You've got to let go and let go. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. I'm going to close out the book of Romans today. And I titled this, Obedient and Faithful Servants. And we're going to work our way through Romans chapter 16, 27 verses, and we're going to see a commendation in verses 1 and 2, several heartfelt greetings, verses 3 through 16, to avoid divisive and offensive people, verses 17 through 20, greetings from Corinth, he lists out a few more names for us before he closes out the letter, and then he closes the letter with the final doxology, verses 25 through 27. I'll go ahead and read our first point and open us in prayer. In verses 1 and 2, we have a commendation. He says, I commend to you Phoebe, our sister, who is a servant of the church in Centria. I'm going to mess this up. This could be a tough day for me. That you may receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of all the saints. Assist her in whatever business she has need of you, for indeed she has been a helper of many and myself also. Well, we have a sister named Phoebe here. She's only mentioned here in the Bible. It appears by this commendation that she is the one who delivered the letter for Paul. And so it would appear that this recommendation that Paul has given to the believers there in Rome is to commend her. It means to instruct a person or to represent someone as worthy because she is bringing the letter itself. How wonderful and faithful this sister Phoebe that delivered a letter that we have to this day. What if she would have lost it? What if something would have happened on the way to Rome? But God made sure that she was able to deliver this. And he said that she is worthy of this. I want to commend her to you because first of First of all, she is a servant. She was a servant in her church. It's the same Greek word that we get deacon from. So perhaps she had the role of a deaconess within her own church in the city that she 
was from. And Paul asked the church there in Rome to receive her to assist Phoebe in a manner worthy of the saints, that they would be able to help her. He also said of her, which she has been a helper of many. This is just speaks a bit because it speaks of a Greek word that refers to protectress. She was one who protected others. Uh, patroness could also be used of this word itself. And it's a word that speaks of dignity. It speaks of a high esteem, which she had in regard to those of protecting others. And Paul said, including myself, she has been one that she's watched my back. We might say she had my best interest at heart, but did this for many people as well. And she was one that served within a church, a woman of great respect. It reminded me of Dorcas or Tabitha from Acts 9, verse 36, where Peter met a woman at Joppa, a certain disciple named Tabitha, translated as Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and charitable deeds, which she did. Of course, in that portion of Scripture, this woman prematurely passed away, and Peter was able to pray over her and bring her back. But these were women who were serving within the first century church and doing just a tremendous job serving others. And they are worthy of those who serve Jesus through helping others are worthy of the respect that we can give to them. As we go into verses 3 through 16, I'm not going to read the context because I barely want to read these names once, but uh, we'll read through it as we go. And we're going to meet several heartfelt greetings. I titled this because he lists out a majority of the people in this section from verses 3 through 16. The first couple, we know them from other parts of the Bible, especially in the book of Acts. And he says, greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their own necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. We first met Aquila and Priscilla at the close of Paul's second missionary journey. And the book of Acts tells us that they were actually had to leave Rome because of the command by the emperor. They're historically recorded not only in the Bible, but elsewhere outside of the Bible. Historically, the quote is at the indignation of Christus, that it is believed that the Jewish people, both the unbelieving Jews, unbelieving in the sense that they didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah, and the believing Jews, those who believed Jesus was the Messiah, that there was such contention between the two groups that the emperor Claudius said, I've had it, get out of Rome, and they had to leave. But now we discover that they're back in Rome, Aquila and Priscilla are back in Rome, and that they're a church meeting in their home here at this time. And so Paul had them first on the list to greet Priscilla and Aquila. He called them fellow workers. It's a Greek word that speaks about being a co-laborer. They labored in tent making. They labored in the gospel. They assisted Paul in the furtherance of the gospel. They even risked their own lives for the sake of the gospel and for Paul. And because of this, not only Paul, but all the churches of the Gentiles, they were thankful for the ministry of Aquila and Priscilla. I love, I've always loved um, just 
having these two in Scripture, Aquila and Priscilla, it, it makes me think of perhaps the significance that a John and Lily could have on other people that, you know, if you're married and a husband and wife, that the significance that we can have as husband and wife in ministering in the lives of others. They had a great love for Paul and for the church and especially for Jesus Christ. And Jesus said in John 15, 13 and 14, greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. And you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Aquila and Priscilla were willing to lay down their lives to risk their own necks for the sake of the gospel and for Paul. As we continue in the greetings in verse 5, it says, Greet my beloved Eponetus, who is of the first fruits of Acacia to Christ. Greet Mary, who labored much for us. Greet Andronicus and Junia. I hear Junia, possibly a woman, possibly a couple listed together. And I say possibly with Junia, to us it sounds like a woman's name. But in the Greek, it would be, it has a different sound to it. But he called them my fellow countrymen, fellow prisoners, who are of note among the apostles, who also were in Christ before me. Eponidas was the first to believe in the region of Acacia, and Paul called him my beloved, uh, using that term from agapeo. He was the first one to believe. You know, what really stood out to me with this individual and others in here is the longevity of their faith. How wonderful it is to have those who have come to Christ, maybe coming to Christ at an early age or at a later age, but once they belong to the Lord, that they continue in the faith. Mary mentioned here one of six females in the Bible named Mary, and he connected her who labored much for us. Mary, she labored much. It's a Greek word that speaks about working hard to feel fatigued. Adronicus and Junia, fellow Jews who had been prisoners with Paul. And if it is a husband and wife initially being an American in a prison system of America kind of messed with my head a bit. I was thinking, well, if they were prisoners with Paul, don't they segregate women in one prison, men in another prison? And it's like, now I'm thinking, no, that's how we do it here. It doesn't mean that they did it there in the same way. They could have been husband and wife thrown in prison at some point with Paul, but now not in prison at this point. He sends greetings to them. And he said they were of note among the apostles. It is a, a Greek word, this being of note, it means to bear a mark, or they had distinguished themselves within the church, even among the apostles, and that they'd also been believers before Paul came to faith. He acknowledged this. I believe Paul loved the saints of old. He was one that battled against them prior to coming to faith in Jesus Christ, and he took notice of those who had been faithfully serving the Lord throughout their lives. And how wonderful it is to see those who remain faithful in their service to Jesus and to others. They are like little anchors of faith upon which others can cling in time of need. But we know that the true anchor is that of Jesus Christ himself. In Hebrews 6, verses 19 and 20, this hope we have as an anchor for our soul, both sure and steadfast, 
which enters the presence behind the veil, where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus, having become high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. In verses 8 through 11, he lists out some more brothers here. I don't think there's a gal mentioned in this portion of Scripture. He begins with Ampelius, my beloved in the Lord, greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ, Stachys, my beloved, Apelius, approved of Christ. Greet those who are in the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my countrymen. Greet those who are of the household of Narcissus, who are in the Lord. So Ampelius and Stachys, I'll say it different every time I say that word, but they were beloved. It's agapetos is the Greek word, and it means to be dear or to hold well, to be dearly concerning someone. Urbanus, he called him a fellow worker in Jesus once again. Pelus was approved. It's a word that means to be tested. He had been proved. The Greek word refers to metals that's been purified in the fire. And so he had went through some testing that the church recognized. And Apelles had been proved, he had been tested, his faith has held strong. Aristobulus, his household, and also Narcissus, uh, they referred to both these men and the household. In the Greek, it would refer to both children and servants, everyone who belonged to this household. And then Herodian, a Jewish believer there. You know what I really took out of this, the importance of the household. How important it is for us to pass on our faith to others, especially in our household. Joshua knew the importance of this at the end of his, toward the end of his life. He stood before the people of Israel in Joshua 24, 15, and he challenged them. He said, if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And how important it is for us to pass on our faith to our families. You know, the church here in the United States, we're not doing very well in regards to this. A Gallup poll came out, it just recently came out, saying that those in the United States calling themselves Christian now has declined to... 65% of our nation saying that they are Christian now. So we're declining in this. Just 10 years ago, 75% of the nation said that they were Christian. And I believe I have the numbers right. It's up here in my head somewhere, so it could be off a little bit. But what I took from this new Gallup poll that just came out is that the church is declining in attendance. I read a, somebody wrote a blog this week talking about church attendance declining, and they were trying to spin it positively, saying that, you know, this could actually be a good thing. I don't know how declining church attendance could be a, a positive thing, but they went on to try to support this argument by saying that with social media that we're able to get into homes and into people's lives, and actually the church could have a greater connection outside of the church building through different methods today. And then the comments... It's like a number of comments that I scrolled through. It's like, 
the declining of church attendance is not a good thing. They were just like against this. Don't forsake the gathering. You know, some were quoting scripture there, but this is not good that the church is getting smaller. It's not good. And we may not be able to control what's happening outside of our own families in this own fellowship, but we can try to control what's going on in our own homes. And it's good for families to come together and to worship and to encourage that in our own community, in our own houses. In verses 12 through 15, more names, yay, but chosen laborers. Tryphenia and Tryphosa, it could be, one of the commentators felt that perhaps these are twin sisters. They have similar names here. But he says of them that they labored in the Lord. Greet the beloved Persis, who labored much in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother and mine. Greet Asenocritus, Philogon, Hermas, Petrobus, Hermes, and the brethren who are with them. Greet Philologos is the Greek word, and greet Julia. Uh, it could be a husband and wife here as they're put together. Neresis and his sister and Olympus and all the saints who are with them. So again, Tryphenia and Tryphosa, possibly twins. Like Mary, it says that they labored, remember, to work and to feel fatigued. They labored hard for the Lord. Persis, actually, he said he labored much. So he, as well as Tryphenia and Tryphosa did, Persis, he outlabored them. Some people do that. And it's good, though, to have those who are willing to labor for the Lord, to do the work of minister. I'm so thankful. And I know we're a small fellowship, but I'm thankful for those who serve within our fellowship because church life right now, it's happening downstairs with Sunday school or it happens uh, in other ways throughout the week here in our fellowship. But it's not a work of just one or two individuals. When we work together, we can accomplish much for the Lord. Rufus, he called him chosen in the Lord. It's electos is the Greek word. It means to be chosen or choice or this of election. And actually, the Greek word involves a thoughtful deliberation or consideration. He is the chosen in the Lord. But I like it that Paul referred to Rufus's mother. He said his mother and mine. And I don't believe that Paul is saying that this is my fleshly brother. I believe that Rufus's mother uh, just served in such a way that Paul considered her as a mother to him. And I think that's so important that whether we have children or not, we can serve others. We can be spiritual fathers. We can be spiritual mothers, depending on the sex, of course, to others that we can help them in their life. And look at Paul. He was an apostle of uh, some significant years by this time, but yet Rufus had a mom that Paul just respected and honored here in the text. He lists out these next five names, uh, brethren. I'm not even going to read them. You can read them for yourself. But he says nothing more of them. But their names are in the Bible itself. That's something significant in itself. Philologos, Julia, Nereus, and his sister Olympus. He called them saints. 
Hagias is the Greek word, and it means to be pure or sinless, upright. He called them holy. And Jesus taught us in the Bible as servants of the Lord that in Matthew 9, 37 and 38, that the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And may we be like these saints that Paul had listed out here in the text today. They labored, they worked hard, they served, and their names were made mentioned here in Scripture because of their service to the Lord. Paul recognized them. May it be that we would serve our brothers and sisters, serve Christ, as Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, that we would be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. He said to greet one another with a holy kiss. And this seems to be a common greeting that they held at that time. We're not Today, I would almost, if I was going to read into this, of how it works around the fellowship, it might be uh, greet one another with a holy hug. And guys tend to, in the church, give a hug to their brothers. You have to be careful with the sexes, of course, but and even with the holy kiss, the same thing. But Paul said this, not only here in Romans, but he he mentioned the holy kiss in 1 Corinthians 16, 20, 2 Corinthians 13, 12, 1 Thessalonians 5, 26. And Peter gave the encouragement in 1 Peter 5, 14 to greet one another with a kiss of love. And, you know, it seems culturally different for us here in the United States, but this was a cultural thing that we find here in Scripture. But what made it holy was their common faith in Christ. We discover that we too are the chosen, the elect of the Lord, and that we are to serve the Lord, serve the body of Christ that the Lord has placed us in. Now, Paul, as he's closing out his letter, he has one more point to teach on. He begins in verses 17 and 18. Here in 17 through 20, saying, avoid divisive and offensive people. Verse 17, he says, now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses. Contrary to the doctrine which you have learned, avoid them. For those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own bellies by smooth words and flattering speech deceive the hearts of the simple. They are to note. It is a Greek word that refers to to regard closely, to watch, or to take careful notice of, to take Careful notice of those who cause division, who upset people in their faith that are contrary to the teaching that we have received in the word of God. They are divisive and offensive people who do not serve Jesus, but they serve their own flesh. He said they serve their own belly by smooth words, by flattering speech. They deceive the heart of the simple. So we are to note, and I think one of the ways that we can note to take notice of those who cause division or offense within the church is to know the word of God. We find in verse 17 that what they are doing is contrary to the doctrine which you have learned. But if you have not learned the doctrine, if you have not learned the word of God, how will you know to take note of those who might 
be trying to cause division or offense within the church itself. So to learn, we need to learn the doctrine of the word of God. Second Thessalonians three fourteen through 15. And if anyone does not obey your word in this epistle, note that person and do not keep company with them that they may be ashamed. Do not count them as an enemy, but admonish them as a brother. We have recently seen this Greek word admonish being used by Paul in Romans as he's been closing out in chapter 15 as well. And it speaks about admonishing with correction. Bring correction to such an individual. But note that person. Note those who cause division. Note those who cause offense within the church. And the way that we can do that is by knowing the word of God. Father, I pray that your word would be upon us, in us, and work through us. We pray in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for this wonderful letter that you've allowed us to go through this year. I pray, Lord, that you would just bless those things that we have learned for the betterment of our lives. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today. Hey.